Kraken Fancast, presented by Silver City Brewery. The podcast for Seattle Kraken fans, by Seattle Kraken fans. Release the Kraken! Hi everyone and welcome to episode 22, Deuce Deuce, episode 22 of Kraken Fancast, brought to you by Silver City Brewery. I'm your host, Chris Porter. I'll be joined momentarily by my colleague, Jim Cockrell, Lou Chelios, and a rare appearance of our very own producer, Jay Middleton, filling in for Nathan Gunderson. He's going to join us for some Kraken game discussion, talk, and beyond. Kraken FanCast releases episodes every two weeks or so uh, on our program. We, of course, discuss all subject matter about the NHL's newest team, our beloved Seattle Kraken. We'll share news about the team, analyze some play, and go over various team and community-related news talk about some uh, some things beyond the Kraken world, uh, but hockey-related, of course, and throw in some interviews when we can. Uh, we'd like to start off, though, by acknowledging our very kind and generous sponsors, particularly our wonderful presenting sponsor, Silver City Brewery, located in Bremerton, with their beer sold throughout the state of Washington and beyond. Beer for one, beer for all. Silver City is an all-inclusive Northwest craft beer adventure in every pint. Also, big thanks to our pals at the Angry Beaver, Seattle's number one hockey-themed bar located in the Greenwood neighborhood of Seattle. And also, big thanks to Mojito, where Jim and I dined the other day. Oh, man, it was delicious. Serving the best Latin American and Cuban food in the Seattle area. Check them out at mojitoseattle.com. As a matter of fact, we'll be posting a little thing on our YouTube page and our Facebook page of our little visit there. But that's enough of food. Let's get to some hockey talk, boys. All right, starting things out uh, with Jim and Lute in this segment. Uh, guys, you know, uh, despite the team being very low, of course, in the standings, you know, it's nice. We got we to grab on the strings wherever we can. And our, our Seattle Kraken have actually, generally speaking, played pretty decently uh, this last half of, of March. They defeated the Detroit Red Wings at home. Great game by the score of four to two. Really electric game. Jim, I think you were there. So talk a little bit about that. Uh, they went down to Arizona. Finally beat the Arizona Coyotes, uh, also by a score of four to two. I was really worried that they were going to get swept uh, by the Coyotes of all teams, but no, they got one, and that was a nice win. Uh, then they had back-to-back games in L.A. against the Kings. Uh, one was a dud, and the other one was a big-time ass-whooping for our boys. That is, uh, they lost the first one four to two, but came back two days later and won the most lopsided game in the team's young history—a uh, lopsided win, that is. Uh, a big time blowout over a very good team, Kings team by the score of six to one. Chris Drieger was in the net on that one. And we saw scoring uh, that included goals from our newcomers, Daniel Strong and Victor Rask. Um, Vegas back-to-back games uh, came up next. And we'll talk a little bit about those with Nathan and some stuff uh, moving forward. But I got Jim and, uh, and, and Lute here. J- Jim, let's start with you. What, you know, what are your impressions on those last few games and how electric was that Detroit thing? You you were there too, I think, right? So, I mean, that was, that was bad electricity. Yeah. Yeah. I was at that game. Uh, I took my wife. I had an extra tickets through our partner seat partner uh, was able to slide us some tickets. So I took Allison um, and boy, I tell you, I have never seen so much red or visiting team colors in Climate Pledge. That was the biggest this visiting team. Wow. I'm, kind of, I'm a little surprised. Totally. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's just because red pops and you can really see it, but it was definitely all over the place. And it was funny because the row behind us of the four people that are always there, 
uh, as soon as I sat down, I turned around, I look, and they were all wearing their colors. And I thought, oh, look at that. The true colors come out, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we understand. So that's kind of cool. I mean, I, I think we have to blame it on uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, wearing the, huh? one of the characters was wearing the Gordie Howe Redwoods jersey in that movie. Oh, so that's, that's some trivia there for might you. Have, you might go. have given him a little bit of fan base around America. Well, that and, you know, those uh, those cups in the, in the late 90s and to early 2000s did a lot of for that whole fan base. It, it created a whole bunch of new fans. So um, I was at that game. That was probably the most uh, exciting game I've been to this year. I mean, I've, I've seen some decent ones for sure, but for some reason that one just really sticks out. It was exciting. That Schwartz goal was a beauty on that backhand. Um, Gord had a hell of a game. It was just a great game all the way around. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, he scored so, with two goals. That was a yeah. big ending to win the game. Yeah, you know, they've won three of the last four. So that's probably oh. one of our best runs. We couldn't get that triple that we haven't been able to get all year, but at least we've got three out of four, and they're playing good hockey. And uh, ironically, it's after the deals were done. I was going to say, um, yeah, with the, all these new guys, Daniel Sprung, who, who knew he was going to be such an offensive juggernaut? What? <laughs> well, you know, so there's a lot of people that are freaking out about all these guys, right? Yeah. And um, come back I, just wanna, I mean, it's fun. Look, it's fun. There's no doubt about it. But just let's put on the brakes a little bit here. I mean, <laughs> but it is fun to watch these guys. He's having a great game. He's got great wheels for sure. He's got a great quick release. And then, you know, uh, the other guys are doing fine so far. They're not not many minutes from uh, Pouliot yet, but I did watch his corner working down below the line. He's pretty good and pretty physical. Yeah, he showed some toughness uh, in that last Kings game. That yeah, he seems game. to be the closer to the net, he better he is in his own zone. You know, that's what he is. And then, of course, the Rask pickup, that, that's going to be an interesting thing to see develop. I mean, we, we did have to bite some of that contract, and it's at the end there. So we'll see. You know, he's done some time in the minors. I don't know where he's at in his career. You know, there's a good chance all three of these guys couldn't be here at this time next year. So let's get excited for now, but let's not call them core players. How's that? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think just to be, people want to see uh, Rask and Tanev on the same line just once, uh, you know, the look. Yeah. Over, right. Yeah. There's Lou, a lot of Lou, Lou, talk a little bit about, you know, you were talking, you know, uh, texting the other day, a little in the Kings games, man. Uh, night yeah. and day, eh? You know, so the, the crack and they got the players that got through the trade deadline. We lost six players, added a few. And a bonus, three days at the beach in California. They had a three-day off trip down to L.A. So, you know, you know the first game was going to be a dud. You know, they, they came out really flat. They got a late goal by Kiki and looked respectable on the scoreboard at the end, four to two. But really, you know, like the L.A. Kings are a surprising team this year with some great young talent and really put it to Grubauer in our defense. So that first game in L.A. was tough. The guys came off three days at the beach and, you know, knew some new players hanging around the hotels and a little bit of bonding time, I guess, Ron Francis said would be good for the team. And that that's an important uh, topic because a couple of times this year, I've heard Ron Francis talk about our winning one out of three games in a really disappointing year. But he did say a couple of things were tough on this team. They didn't have any team bonding uh, due to COVID um, in late training camp. And they canceled a team Christmas type of event with the wives and kids. So uh, this was maybe the first time for the team to really have a couple of days off down in California and uh, some team bonding and some team events down there. So they came out in the first game with a dud 
and they returned with a Scud missile. A dud to a Scud. They dropped a bomb on LA six to one, and I was watching it. I was at the Journey concert working last night, popping in and out of some of those private suites with some of the boys. And uh, three to one, four to one, five to one, six to one, and we, we ended off beating the LA Kings six to one last night. So pretty fantastic week. Uh, couple weeks for the crack and all the draft picks gathered a few new guys coming in and daniel sprung he's got thick he's thick like okay here's a bit of a story i was downstairs watching the soccer warm-ups recently and i saw Sidney crosby in person i was looking at these guys are 6'2 200 pounds and they've got the skinny legs and then i look and Sidney crosby comes around the corner and this guy's got tree trunk legs He's, he's thick. He's he's low to the ground. He's got like a lot of leg strength. He's got power in his skating. And then I saw Connor McDavid playing some warm-up soccer. Same thing. The superstar players with the speed have these thick, huge legs. And it seems to be where they get that power low to the ice. Hard to take them off the puck. So first couple games watching Daniel Sprung, I noticed this guy's got like a, a really... He's not a big guy, but he's got a really thick build, and he's strong and powerful with speed. And he went end-to-end. He scored like a Vince Dunn or a Bobby Orr-type end-to-end goal the other night. So this guy's more than just a, you know, a fourth-line player throw in at the deadline. This guy's it's funny you mentioned that. I said Bob, there was Bobby Orr-esque that one. He just yeah. he kept it at his that own one. way there. I was you know saying to Jim that, you know, and I was like, I mean, I thought Bobby Orr, obviously, he's not at that level, but – that was that reminded me of somebody that play. Well, there's a shout out. Bobby York turned 72 the other day. And oh my goodness, are we getting old fellas? When our hero Bobby Orr is in his 70s, look out. But uh, anyways, uh, the the Kraken three out of four wins lately. 74. Um, I just want to be honest. 74. 74. Bobby Orr, 74. I, he looks 72, go. though. Maybe even I more. was thinking 72 Russia Canada series where he was oh, such okay. a superstar. So good correction there. But uh, yeah, we've got some goal scoring all of a sudden. We put six pucks in the net the other night, and uh, that was kind of the average XM radio said the other night. Every game, the winning team scored six goals on on uh, Monday night. So it was the Kraken six, LA one, and a beautiful almost training camp-like victory. All right. Well, speaking of training camp, that that's a little segue to another thing we wanted to talk about. I know every week, with the elute, you know, we're talking about Maddie Beneers. And so I don't want to harp on it too much, but there's a lot to talk about Maddie. What can we say? He's the man's in the frozen four with his, with his, the rest of his team, Michigan Wolverines. So we have college hockey. We wanted to talk a little bit about that because, you know, we've got a very uh, future, a very soon future, uh, Seattle Kraken, Maddie Beneers, uh, looking great in the, the NCAA Division One men's tournament and uh, Michigan Wolverines got in there along with Minnesota State, Minnesota, and Denver. Um, so that, all formidable opponents. Interesting, the the whole tournament's at TD Garden in Boston. Too bad there aren't any uh, New England teams this year that their fan base could enjoy there. But still, promises to be some great hockey. Okay. Well, it's too bad you're not out in Boston this weekend. You spent a lot of time in Boston through the years yeah. with music, Chris, and. Uh, but no Boston teams this year. Three Minnesota teams. No, two Minnesota, Denver, and Michigan. Bunch of Midwest teams and uh, Denver from the West. So finally, we knocked the Boston teams out uh, for the final Frozen Four. So uh, Kraken fans, Thursday night, 2 o'clock, 
ESPN2 on your um, cable TV, streaming live. There's even radio to listen to it online. Michigan takes on Denver. Denver's got a few players that I was checking out. They've got a few um, free agents that possibly one of these guys could end up uh, in in Seattle. And um, actually, Minnesota State and Minnesota is the second game. There's a lot of free agents uh, playing in this Final Four. So Blankenberg on Michigan and uh, Keto High Rosie and Jake Livingstone on Minnesota State. It's the second game. So... But Matty Beneers is the guy that we're going to all be watching. Two o'clock Thursday, ESPN2. Uh, check it out if you can. Matty Beneers maybe had, you know, I've been super high on this guy all year long. Just, you know, like crazy about Matty Beneers, number 10 for Michigan. He maybe had his worst game of the year last week. And yet Michigan took out Quinnipiac 7-4 to four to get to the f- final four. So Yeah, I saw uh, some of that game. Like, Michigan was handling winning, and then Quinnipiac uh, came back big time in that third period. They gave Michigan a scare, but uh, then Michigan put you know put the brakes on that. That was I saw a little of Denver, too. Interesting you mentioned that. that they're a very good team. I agree. Uh, I watched them play. Uh, UMass Lowell gave them a very good. That's one of the New England teams they follow a little bit. And uh, they, uh, they, yeah, Lowell was, was right in it, but Denver just a little too strong. So I was not surprised Denver moving into the final four. Well, keep an eye out, you know, Denver and Minnesota state have five scores in the top 10 okay. throughout the whole season. So they've, they've got some guys that can do it. I I'm really curious to see how uh, Minnesota state does in this tourney. You know, they have a good season record. Um, they would be the Cinderella. I'm just really curious how they'll fare in this whole thing. You know, they were into the finals last year. I think it went into yeah. overtime. They lost to the, uh, the champion team from UMass. Was it UMass Amherst? Yeah, UMass Amherst. Yeah, they were yeah, a surprise yeah. last year. Yeah. And so uh, Minnesota State has a chance to go back to the final two uh, on Sunday. So Sunday night's game, if you're uh, keeping track, trying to find it, Sunday's final will be 5 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. Here on the West Coast uh, on ESPN2. And uh, it's going to be a great weekend of hockey, college hockey, and Maddie Beneers in the Final Four, chance to go to the Sunday night championship game. So we'll be cheering him on, cracking fans. Go, go Maddie. All right. Good stuff, guys. Thank you. All right. We're going to bring in Jay Middleton. Yes, he's in front of the mic, not behind it for a change. Jay, thank you for joining us. Uh, Nathan, uh, Dealing with a little, little bit of a cold. We hope he gets better soon. Um, peace and peace. Peace yeah. and peace to Nathan there. There you go. There you go. Maybe he just got nervous. He's like, Jay, you go in. No. <laughs> Put me in, coach. Put me in. Yeah. Jay's like, you know, he's there on the sidelines. When am I going to go in, you know? Quick story. So I was I was on my phone, and I, uh, I saw that Nathan was down, and so I decided to just hop on and just – Put me in, coach. Put me in, coach. Your, your stick was up in the air and you were ready. All right. Well, Here to uh, celebrate those goals, guys. There you go, brother. All right. Well, <laughs> anyway, guys. So we, uh, as we're recording this, it's uh, f- full disclosure. You know, we are, after we record these, we sometimes don't get out for a couple of days afterwards. So we are going to miss uh, the second Vegas game to talk about. Uh, we all just saw the first one of, of the two back-to-backs, back-to-back home games against Vegas, kind of a rare quirky thing in the scheduling. Um, I was at the game, got to see two days in a row, Chris Drieger, which I was happy to see. 
And Dreek looked good for a while. Um, and in fact, I mean, I don't look at this game on him. They was just, you know, I the first period, I was quite impressed because, uh, you know, Vegas is a little bit desperate. They're in the bubble. They don't know if they're making the playoffs or not. So they're 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 pushing hard. Kraken don't have much to lose. They're just, you know, trying to find keep finding their way and have some fun out there and win some games, you know, toward the end here. So first period, no goals in the first six minutes. All right. Little victories right there. And they, they were kind of toe to toe on the on the shots. I was I was impressed with that first period. And then the second period, okay, one got by. They're only down one nothing, though. A lot of hockey left. And then ah, offense just got shut down or lost some energy, whatever it was. Uh, let the granted one of them was a, an empty netter, but uh let in two goals on that third period and lost. Uh, got shut out by Vegas Golden Knights, three to nothing. Dreeg uh, had 27 saves, 931 percentage uh, save percentage. But, uh, you know, the Golden Knights, whether they make the playoffs or not, they're still a, a formidable opponent for any team. Um, and uh, they're going to be seeing them again. Uh, also, they actually get a lot of games coming up kind of in a, in a short stint here. Uh, Vegas at home, then Dallas at home. Then they go on the road against St. Louis. And Chicago, uh, Chicago game being on April 7th, got a couple day break and then a back to back with Calgary, uh, one at home and then over to Calgary and, and, and Winnipeg uh, that, that second full week of uh, April. But anyway, so a lot, a lot of games left, a little, little travel, a little home, a little back and forth. But, uh, you know, they were, they were, Jim, they were on a nice little roll there, you know, whatever it was, about four out of six games winning. And, um, you know, they, they got out of the gate on this game pretty well. Yeah, especially after that six-one beauty over the Kings, um, they, they needed. Starting, they, I was going to say, save some goals for the Knights. They didn't. I know. So, I, I, you guys were at the game. I was watching at home, uh, which is obviously a different experience. I can actually study it better uh, overall. It's another one of those ones where they felt like they were never in it, even though it was close for a fairly long time. Uh, there was a lot of the. There was no zone entry. The neutral zone was messed up. Vegas was just playing great hockey, actually all the way around there was no flow and it just it, you had the feeling that okay we're missing superstars here there was nobody that could really not you know no airbelly action no gourd action that was to speak of it was one entry in and out and all foiled um and dreger was playing really well again i mean a 931 like you said 27 out of uh, 29 shots it was just a tough game to watch it was kind of frustrating the best thing about it was actually seeing the return of the T-Bird guys because that 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 bout, you know, with Ole and um, and Keegan uh, Colzar was something right out of the box there. I mean, it, did, did you catch uh, yes. what the PA music guy did? I did. <laughs> Will, Will Smith. I did. I, going on I there. I love I, that. I, I caught a tweet saying it, so I had to play it back, and I thought, okay. This is either gold or it's bad taste. I couldn't. I couldn't decide. Oh, actually. I liked it. I'm all for I it. I, I was laughing. I was. Uh, <laughs> I, I just said I was at a game at the game, and I'm like, I caught. I. It took me a few seconds. I'm like, wait, wait a minute. What's that? Actually, my brother. Get coming to. I'm like, oh hey. I seriously want to know who is responsible for that. That was uh, pretty brilliant. And the, the guy obviously had his finger on the dump button real quick on that one, man. But you know, seeing those two heavyweights, I, I instantly thought you know what Keegan he, he had some a lot of hearts here in Seattle when he was playing here and he didn't you know 
he wants him to remember. So he put on a show and it was just a battle of heavyweights and it was pretty even actually. And then of course, Shane Theodore, you know, he was a favorite too. Uh, and he had a pretty decent game. In fact, he had the first goal actually. So yep. it was a nice little T-Bird showcase and you got to be happy for those boys. Uh, Jay, were you at the game or were you watching TV too? I was, at, I was at home watching the game. Like Jim was saying about being able to analyze more when you're at home and being able to see it in multiple different angles. Cause like you guys know where my seats are. It's really difficult to see a lot of the stuff that's happening in where we're trying to shoot at first, you know, and that, right. I guess, what end is that? Is that the South end? South, South end. Yeah. Yep, yep. From where I'm sitting, it's kind of difficult to see in that range right there. It's a lot easier during the second period. But from what I've been seeing is like in the first three games before this, when we had like after the trade deadline and everything, we had a lot of more offensive action happening. Even though we only won, I think, two out of those three games, we still had a lot more offensive action. And then just to see this, like you got really excited. And then all of a sudden we're getting a little bit like, honey dick into what this offensive game is going to look like. But then I was more impressed with how defensive just, we got through there. Dreeter really stepped up to that game and put on a show for that first, like he didn't give up a goal until I think what, like there was like nine minutes left in the second period. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was a Theodore one. The, the one, uh, I think it was a Mario. I, I thought that was a little soft. I thought he should have gotten that second goal, but, but it was, I don't know. It was a little in the middle. It is I, what it I is. feel like he he stops ones like that. I yeah. mean, it's terrible, but. It is what it is. But at the end of the day, he, he did a really good job. And I think he's yeah. finally getting a better groove into where his spot is. And hopefully that tandem between him and Grubauer is getting a little bit stronger. So maybe we have something to look forward to better next season. I think, I mean, one of the questions I, I, I had for you guys when I was watching the game last night, I think was like, did they switch around a couple lines last night? Because it was kind of confusing. I know we're probably going to talk about that too, but like, to me, as somebody who's you know newer into this whole thing, chemistry doesn't really get built you know, if you keep switching around guys that are not working on the same lines. And oh, Jim uh, and I talk about this a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chemistry, you know, when you have your high scorer, he's on the third line. And one guy, yeah, that wasn't the case last night. But I mean, it's something that you're like, oh, okay, McCann's on the third line. Gee, why? Well, yeah. No, you're correct. Uh, if you, I think I blasted something about that. I, I, I always get bummed when I see McCann pulling third, third line minutes. I just go nuts. Uh, and then I look at the rest of the line combos and they had Donato on number one and it's fine, but he's not a number one line. You know, he's a two, oh, but three then the next that. night they'll have Donato on number four. It's exactly. just all so that, shuffle around. Yes. It's crazy. And we talk about chemistry and it's, it's almost too late for that. This here you are at the end of the season. What are you doing? You're trying to build up for next year. Those guys might not even be around next yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, what are you, what are you doing? Seriously? Are you trying to just do, go for a four line balance or, are you just messing around? Because, I mean, it's a pretty healthy roster on paper, so there's no excuse for, you know, pulling that stuff or 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 putting a guy in the doghouse. There's nobody that's in the doghouse that I know of. But yeah, I mean, good good valid points. I mean, it seems a little weird to also like think about. I know that like certain lines get more minutes than maybe others, but also at the same time, we're getting so close to the end of the season and you know you're not getting into the postseason, do you really care about how many minutes you're really putting in that first line 
you know, over your fourth and switching it around and switching the members in those lines, when you know you're not going to have really a successful outcome because you're not going into a postseason. Right. And like, for instance, on that L.A. Kings game, they won six to one with those lines. Why wouldn't you keep that exact same line combo into the next game? They didn't. He messed it up again. So I'm trying to figure out what he's doing. It's not like football where like you have a whole week to study the other teams like, you know, strategy from the week before. So you have you have very little time to look and they probably have staff that are reviewing previous game, you know, but it's still a totally different ball game. You know, football is all game. about matchups and you see what exactly. kind of defense or offense, whatever the, your opponent's doing, and you kind of tailor make it to, to yeah. whatever it's going to be and everything. So you're right. There's a little more switch up there and there's a little more, more preparation. And uh, that goes in hockey to some extent, but not, I think you just have less shuffle up because yeah. again, it goes full circle. What we've been saying about chemistry and I'll look at a lot of long running teams, you know, Bruins, uh, I'm just trying to think of some some teams that have had like some of the same guys, Blackhawks, I mean, St. Louis Blues. I mean, you'll see, see some switch up of, here and there, of course, but not like we see with the Kraken. I mean, you know, there are guys who play on the same line for like two years straight, it feels like. So, so I'm going to call, I'll call out Hackstall right now because he needs to listen to this podcast because yeah. we are a perfect example of how to build chemistry over time. Yeah, there you okay. go, buddy. There you go, man. We, we we do have some chemistry. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, amen on that. Hey, you know, one thing I want to say, though, and what you guys both said is, is totally right about, you know, how you can watch on TV and as opposed to in person and analyze a little bit more. And just because of obviously for a lot of reasons, obviously the cameras, but also the angle. Now, I'm I'm down in the lower bowl, but, you know, it was interesting, you know, seeing some of these guys. That's the first time I saw Sprong and Rask in person. Um, and it was funny, Luke mentioned this and I was like, Sprung looks like a little bull. I didn't, I didn't really, I can't really tell that so much on, on, or a little, I don't know. He's just like a little he rock does. that's going around there. And he doesn't like, look super sleek, but he gets in positions and, 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 you know, tries to make some plays. I mean, he gets some shots, they get blocked, but, um, that was just kind of interesting, you know, just seeing some of the new guys. Cause I hadn't been to a, a live game in a, in a few weeks. So it was, it was interesting to see see those guys but um and, and you know diff, different sort of line combos Cole Lynn was playing a little bit you know so Cole, just, getting, I, Cole was getting some good time last night he was, he yeah. was getting some, some of his best action I've seen today actually yeah yeah so so nice nice to see that but again it's 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 it just goes to show the different angles you know uh you know, literally and figuratively of the game yeah depending on where you're sitting I mean I I obviously you know we have our spots that we're typically in but there have been opportunities where i've been able to go to some other you know sections or even you know uh, up in the upper level while those aren't my favorite seats my favorite seats are where i usually sit but it's kind of nice to change it up and watch from some some other part of the uh, arena so uh mm-hmm. you know for those of you who go to a lot of games and uh you know if you have that opportunity to kind of maybe you know sit in some different sections it just it just kind of, I think, gives you a bigger picture of the, the game as, as a whole and, and to enjoy it in, in, in different ways. It's cool just to walk around, too. Yes. Like, even during intermission or find yourself in between or, like, at the end of the period or the beginning of the period and you're walking around and such. It's kind of cool to see from different angles because every area is almost open, minus, like, the Symmetric Club where it's kind of blocked off in the middle right. section. But, like, everywhere else around the arena, on the first level where you walk around, you can see pretty much every angle and it's pretty cool. 
it is. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and um, you know, one one other thing too, I should also mention uh, in that Vegas game, uh, away from the game, I didn't get to, to connect with them, but it was funny. I saw two of our uh, past inter interviewees around Rod, Rod Masters. God bless him. He's playing there and they had him up on the screen a couple of times and he just looks like he's having such joy playing right. he's just he's just so giddy about it and it's interesting too some people i you know i was sitting around with they didn't they don't understand that the connection with him and Slapshot still right so it's uh so i'm explaining that and, and also it was good to see rod but actually personally I actually got to connect with um tommy from uh from uh, vegas we had that interview with him earlier with oh, nathan cool. did and he came up with the team, Tommy, who runs their uh, big uh, bar restaurant at the at the T-Mobile Arena, right? Is it, yeah. Yeah, the Hyde Bar. Yeah. Or Hyde right. Lounge. Hyde Lounge. Hyde Lounge. Hyde Lounge, exactly. So anyway, it's good to, good to meet Tommy. This, this was his first time seeing Climate Pledge Arena. I still just get such a kick out of people's, especially people who really go to a lot of arenas and the hockey and everything and the look on their face about Climate Pledge, you know. And it brings brings a smile on my face. It's nice to see. Yeah. So anyway, Tommy sends his regards, and it's good to good to see him, um, and all. So hey guys, let's you know, let's talk a little bit about some of the games coming up. I mean, I know it's probably hard to preview because we don't know what the lines are going to be and who's going to show up and yada yada. You know which 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 Kraken team is going to show up. It would figure after getting shut out by Vegas that they they'd win the next one. We'll see. Dallas, you know, uh, they're another team that's a little on the bubble. I'd kind of give them a little of the edge right now. They're, uh, where are they as, as we are recording this? They are, um, well, they're, they're, they're one, they're one point behind Vegas as we're recording this. I mean, they're Vegas, Dallas, and Winnipeg are really fighting for that last wild card spot. So Kraken have a chance to play spoiler on some of these. Well, I'm actually going to that game. So that's Dallas game. Yeah, that's another. I've I've gotten a few extra games this year on my own. Just to I kind of that last month didn't have a very good draw game, so I wanted to get as many as I could in, and I took that one up. Plus, I'm looking forward to that. I want to. Uh, I I think that's that West. Why does the West always come down to one or two points at the end? I swear to God, it really is. Yeah, because I mean the Eastern Conference. I mean, there's a little bit of a seeding situation, but we already know who's going to make the playoffs there. Like, yeah, I was huh. even going to say, well, gee, say they can't really spoil St. Louis, but I, I I was thinking in my mind, but not really. I mean, St. Louis is probably well in the playoffs, but they're just barely holding on to the you know the top three Central. Like, they could be dropped down to a wild card. Uh, that, that, you know. Nashville picks up on them. So, I mean, it's it, right. It's like, it's really tight for ways, you know, uh, geez, even Vancouver, who we weren't expecting much from. I mean, I, I don't see them catching up, no, there. They're done. but, but I mean, they, they, they made it competitive, you know, um, yeah. then, then there's the big drop off from San Jose down, but uh, yeah, it's uh, the playoffs. I, you were saying earlier with Lude, I mean, it's, it's going to be a really interesting year. It's, it's great because, you know, no bubbles, they're all out there. Yeah, We've got a full finally. season. You know, yeah. it's uh, there's been some trades, some interesting trades. Oh God, we'll probably like roll our eyes if some of these ex-cracking guys have crazy. Yeah. Well, speaking, I'll be happy for them actually. But speak, speaking of, I took a, a, a little stat box I made uh, since the tr since we traded our players away, all six sure. of them. And I saw that. Them. Oh, you did? Yeah, I saw you posted it on Twitter, right? Yeah, and I'm yeah. I want I'm here to update it. Um, so, of the six guys, Cali, Geo, Blackwell, Jojo, Appleton, Lausanne, um, 
they had a full they had a slate of 27 manned games and only three points amongst all of them in 27 games now tonight though geo picked up his first goal appleton picked, or uh cali picked up another assist and uh so they're up to five points and I, i'm gonna say they played at least three more games but that's those numbers aren't that great. So, no. you know, they're, they're warming up to their new club, obviously. Uh, but remember guys like Callie, when he was here, he took forever to get going. Right. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. He, I so he's kind of, he's kind of, I thought, Oh, he'll be gone earlier than he was. But then the whole second yeah. part of the season. He so, I mean, these guys take time. a while and there's no yeah. guarantees. So, I mean, you went from a hell system that you had to learn totally different from anything you've ever learned in your life. And now you've just thrown it out the window and you're going to, a more normalized system actually that you've probably played in before. So yeah. it's kind of interesting. I guess the guy I'm, I'm, you know, I, I've, I've said, said this, uh, you know, from a previous episode, I, you know, I was, I was sad that Blackwell yeah. uh, was, th- was, was traded. Um, I mean, I, I, it's, some of those other guys were, were good and solid, but it didn't surprise me. In fact, I thought there were probably two or three other guys that are still on our roster. I'm surprised they, they didn't get traded. Maybe they couldn't find a good deal, but uh, Blackwell, I don't. I just remember when he was drafted. I have a number of friends who were Rangers fans, and they were really bummed. And he started the season hurt, so we didn't really get to see him right. until a little yeah. further into the season. And it took him a little while. But when he has his A game, and admittedly wasn't always didn't always, but also the system's changing and everything. I don't know if he could ever get in a real good groove anyway. But I just. When he really had a good game, he was so noticeable. And I'm like, I want to see more of this guy. Same thing I said earlier in the season about Carson Susie, and I'm glad we do see him a lot. And some of the some of the other guys, you know, and uh, and uh, you know, and I'm thinking, oh, Jason McCann, he may end up being a little star here. And so he was. I'm not right about all my predictions because those are a couple I've, I'm seeing, you know. And I Blackwell, I'm just like that. That's the only one I feel like could haunt us, but we'll see. Well. And I think, like I mentioned last time, collectively, I think that was the fans' reaction too. He was kind of the one that picked up Tanev's lost, you know, heart and soul. Yeah. He he was an energy guy. He was fun to be around, and you could see his energy and pump like Tanev. Uh, and people needed a replacement, and that's kind of where we were gravitating to. You know, also seemed though to be a humble guy too. Not that Tanev's not, but just I'm just like I in his interviews and everything. He yeah. just like a very down to earth, likable guy, very, very team oriented too. You know what I mean? Yes. It's, it's the nice thing about seeing a lot of these players is how much they're trying to like, just put each other like uh, in front of the other, you know, as, as a team should, when you have players that you're trying to work with and bond with and yep. create something with you're more, you see them being more stoked about like each other than themselves being in this situation. So it's yep. like they're working together. Which is a huge positive on a losing team. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, but I mean, like the cool thing is, is like seeing some chemistry come together with some of these players uh, and seeing what's working and what's not working. Um, I'm more excited to see next season because hopefully, you know, I don't know if Tan Tanif is going to be back like for home opener or game first game of the season, but like, I'm looking forward to just seeing how much this off season they bond together and work together and communicate. I'm hoping to see more of uh, Maddie Veneers, you know, brought into the picture. Um, and I'm off, I'm really stoked to see what we do in this upcoming draft because of how much capital we have. 
to work with here because I know that Ron's probably going to not just use every single thing on a pick, but probably work some trades and stuff like that too. Yes. I'm just wondering how high he's willing to go up the, the star line to, you know, how much you're going to sacrifice to bring in a marquee player if he's going to do that versus a middle middle range salary guys, you know. What kind of marquee player do you think would be available on the trade block? That's the big question because, well, you know. I mean, there's some out there for sure. They're high dollar, very extremely high dollar for this franchise, really. But we got cap space, don't we? We yeah, have we, a, got, we, we got good cap space and we got good trades up the yin yang. Um, it's doable. It's just who's going to negotiate, you know, Ron's proven he's a pretty good negotiator of contracts you know what what kind of player are you going for are we going for you know more schwartzy type guys you know middle line three two three line guys that are pulling five six million dollar salary type or are we going to step up and grab a a marquee you know eight are we going to drop eight million and on an eight-year contract somewhere on a 27 year old you know somebody in that range i don't know yeah, I mean, we really don't, you know, what Ron's going to do is, you know, I mean, we don't really know until after two years in. Yeah. We're, see it that. We're still a little early. Is he hoarding picks and this is for trade things? Or is he thinking, yeah, I'm just going to get a lot of middling guys and young guys and just, you know, try to grow from there. I mean, that, and that that worked for some, some expansion teams in the past. Some, not all. But, uh, you know, I yeah, I, I get, we'll, we'll know, we'll. So next, next, next year, you know, in early, like mid fall, we'll kind of know, okay, this is what he was trying to do. Or we'll say, yeah. this isn't working. <laughs> right. Do something but, else. When's the draft? Is that in June or July? It Ju- should July, be. July, right? Yeah. It's yeah, usually, July. it's usually what, within two weeks of the last game of the, C, uh, the Stanley cup, basically. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, um, you know, and that'll be somewhere along the, also the, the schedule, uh, the, the next season schedule comes out ar- around that time, not saying yeah. but around that time. Mm-hmm. So it's a big, yeah. So mid summer. So, I mean, we're going to probably be, you know, we have a, you know, a couple, two, maybe three more episodes. And then before we go on our little kind of a uh, late spring, early summer break, but we should probably do a uh, check in draft. July. Episode. Yeah. Cause there'll be a lot of, yeah. The, the, the sunny, yeah. The, uh, the one, yeah, exactly. The, the 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 midsummer episode because there'll be a lot to talk about uh, during that time for sure. Right. All right. Well, good good discussion, guys. Jay, thanks for joining us. We are yeah, yeah. on this. That's <laughs> awesome. Of course, guys. Absolutely. Well, folks, remember if you haven't already done so, please follow us on our Facebook page, our Instagram page, and our Twitter page, which is at Cast Kraken. Also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, which we've finally been using more lately. Had a nice little drop in during our uh, watch party at the Angry Beaver recently uh, and uh, a little check ins. And, you know, we may be utilizing that uh, another time or two before the end of the season. So keep an eye out on that. Um, and also check out our website, krakenfancast.com. That's where you can find our all of our episodes, uh, as well as you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, as always. We'll be back in a couple of weeks to discuss more cracking game happenings and maybe some other news if we got it. Uh, thanks much, Jay. I could say it right in front of us. Not, not, not later when he's editing, you know, isn't that nice? He's thanking me. No, thank you, Jay. I say right in front of your face here. 
for all you do. Also, uh, big thanks and cheers to Jim Cockrell, Nathan Gunderson, who couldn't be with us, but we'll, we'll talk to him again soon, no doubt. And Lut Chelios, thanks much uh, to all of you for tuning in. And as always, we always say, Go, Go Kraken! Kraken.